hello. I'm your host, Marianne, and you're listening to Not a Sleeping Beauty podcast, a podcast where we talk about everything from a Daisy Girl's perspective, mostly focusing on wellness and social justice. I hope you guys enjoy, and for more updates or in just general positivity, go ahead and follow us on Not a Sleeping Beauty podcast on Instagram, and I hope you enjoy. Hey guys, I'm so excited to be back for a second podcast episode. Um, I'm really happy with the way that the first episode played out. I got some really good um, feedback. And on that note, if you have any comments about or comments, suggestions, feedback about my podcast episode, leave me a comment, a DM, an email, whatever. I would love to hear your opinion and just feedback about how I can improve this podcast. So thank you so much for that. And now um, I'm going to be giving you guys three TV show, movie, and book recommendations while we're in this time in quarantine so I can maybe ease your boredom or anxiety during these like overwhelming times. So I'm going to be sticking with TV shows this week. So the first TV show recommendation I have for you guys is Defending Jacob on Apple TV. It's absolutely amazing. I posted about it on my Instagram story and I absolutely love it. It's so good. I I cannot stop talking about it. Um, I told my brother about it and then he watched all the episodes that they have so far and now we're like obsessing over it. (laughs) So definitely go check it out. It's this like dark murder mystery um, whodunit situation, but also... um, trying to defend an innocent person really interesting stuff it's and it was also really different to see um chris evans in playing such a dark um role it was it was interesting it was uh dark it was mysterious it just leaves you wanting to know more so that's a really great tv show that's like my top recommendation right now and The second TV show recommendation I have for you guys is Never Have I Ever. It's on Netflix. I absolutely love it. It was so great to see um, an Indian girl playing in as the lead role. And she's Canadian, which is awesome. I'm Canadian too. And usually you never see like Canadians in um, mass media. Well, I mean, there's Ryan Reynolds, but (laughs) um, Other than that, I haven't really been exposed to that many Canadians in like the movies I watch. And then her also being Indian and me being Indian. I I don't know. I was like cosmic connection. I was super excited to see that. And also just, you know, the message that they were like portraying like this girl's journey that was paired with all like comedy. It was amazing. I loved it. And I really just related to her journey as an Indian girl, um, you know, sort of navigating through um, what she wanted to be in this world and, you know, with all her struggles. So I really thought it was amazing and it's definitely super comical. I I loved it. <laughs> There's all these like um, little scenes that like only Indian Desi people could get. Like I showed my mom these like scenes I guess and uh, she absolutely loved it they're so funny so go check that out and I feel like it's something that you can definitely relate to if you're an Indian person or Desi person 
So yeah, go check that out. I have said that a couple of times already. I'm sorry. Now, the third and final recommendation I have for you guys is How to Get Away with Murder. I've been watching that show for so long. It's on its uh, sixth season, which is its final season. And each season, it just brings these like crazy twists that you weren't expecting. But the sixth season is just like mind-blowing. Like especially like it's getting closer to the series finale. And like I'm like, damn, 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 damn. It's just like you you're expecting one thing and then like two minutes before like the episode ends, it just like opens up a whole other thing and I'm like whoa so kudos to the writers of the show and definitely check it out and if you're watching it from the very beginning that's like so, you're so lucky because that way you get like the closure all in one because like how to get away with murder is one of those shows that you like just have to binge like you just have to finish it and you know, with it getting to the season fina series finale, you can just really get that closure you were looking for. So tell me how it goes if you guys end up watching those TV shows. I really want to know if you liked them, hated them, whatever. I, I really want to hear some opinions about that. So anyway, without further ado, let's get into today's podcast episode. So today's episode is going to be focused on the movie Hala and just my general thoughts about it. I would like to thank Tahira Folk for inspiring this episode with her YouTube video. Her YouTube video is about her thoughts on the movie Hala, and it's so amazing. I, I was so, so inspired by her video, which is why I ended up doing this podcast episode. And I actually reached out to her, and she, again, with her words, like inspired me just to step a little bit more deeper into my analysis. So, you know shout out to her she's amazing i'll try to um link her youtube channel in my show notes but definitely go check out that video it was awesome and now um so it, just as a little disclaimer i am going to be getting into some spoilers i'm sorry i'm so sorry if you haven't watched um the movie yet i just really wanted to be able to give that deeper analysis and that's going to require me like giving out some details in the movie so that's a warning um so now i'm gonna just give you guys like a quick hypnosis of the movie because it has been some time since it came out so according to the hypnosis that i found online hala is this like coming of age movie about this 16 year old pakistani american who struggles with balancing her identities like as a pakistani and an american and just like the breakdown of her family because like in the movie, it just really shows like all these like cracks that her family ends up having. Um, personally, I hated the movie from a cinematic point of view. And a lot of people, like a lot of major like reviewers, is that what you call them? Reviewers um, mentioned this, like how the movie itself like was really choppy and it would just like jump into one scene and then pull out just as quickly like without developing anything on the scene um towards like the end of the movie I was like pretty lost what was going on and a lot of other people had expressed this too there was this like one point where she like the main character Hala um like tries to sleep with her teacher like what was up with that um 
there was like literally no need for that scene whatsoever um it had no substance they didn't go on to like really develop it either like the school ends up finding out that she did that and uh it doesn't really show like the consequences and, and it played it down as though like you know she got into a fight with another kid like it, that was the, like that's a comparison in my head um even though like like trying to sleep with your teacher like that's a really big thing and in other movies it would have been it it would have been a lot bigger than like an eight minute scene like it they would have developed it so much bigger than that so basically it was super irrelevant and that wasn't the only scene that's sort of what i can remember like right now but anyway that that's just like some examples of how the movie was like bad from a cinematic point of view like it didn't it didn't make the cut in terms of structure or just portraying it that good um but putting aside you know those like crappy scenes and just diving into the plot itself the movie did try to address some toxic cultures that do exist in so many families and communities that are very real um and they don't really catch the attention of mass media. You know, it's not really issues that have a lot of awareness about them. So um, they did try to address it. They did try, keyword. Um, they weren't really that successful, though. Um, so I considered that to be sort of like the posi positive aspects of the movie. And I personally have experienced those toxic cultures within the communities that I'm a part of which is why I wanted to also talk about that in these podcast episodes, just to bring more awareness to that, like really articulate it because I have experienced them. So I just felt like I was, I was better to provide that expect, uh, perspective. Um, so the thing is, um, if the movie had been more of an individual story, like more of a personal story, um, to bring more attention to these issues, great. That would have made an awesome movie and also really just helped people who were struggling with those issues, but it didn't play out that way. And it ended up showing Islam and Muslim women specifically in a really negative light. It was making it seem as though, you know, what the family was going through in the movie are values that all Muslim families like live by like these are just like home values and for the record it's not um these are problems within people and the society that they grew up in it's not the religion um proof of this is that like many people of different religions and cultural backgrounds have similar stories to Hala um at they're all different they're all of different religions and different cultural backgrounds they're not just muslim um so that's that's some basic proof for you guys um there's no religion on this planet that enforces manipulation living a fake life or abuse so um a big message that i really want to put out there is don't confuse a religion with someone twisting a religion to fit their narrative. The directors of Hala could have used the movie to expose that issue as well, but they didn't. Well, not really. Um, so now I'm going to talk about the bad representation of Muslim 
people and then get into those issues that I was talking about earlier, you know, to bring more awareness to them. So when it comes to having Muslim women as lead roles, movies tend to follow a pretty basic formula that completely misrepresents them. And I've seen this like formula being spoken about in like so many videos and articles. So firstly, we would have the overbearing and extreme parents, um, specifically an overbearing father. And then we have like as the movie or TV show or whatever um, sort of progresses, the girl or the woman has like a few thoughts about like what her life would be like without her faith. And then rides in the usually white, non-Muslim man to save her from her so-called oppressed life because she's Muslim. Um, Hala ends up following this narrative to a T. And it really becomes evident from the trailer, but I'll elaborate. So early on in the movie, it's evident that Hala's mother is really overbearing and quick to criticize her daughter, even just like at the appearance of any impropriety. And that's the first part of like the overbearing controlling parents that I talked about in the formula. And then it becomes clear that she has like a bit of a rebellious nature. Um, she really pushes against her parents. Um, and once she ends up like, she does a lot of things that like sort of, um, annoy her parents um, specifically her mother and then and then she gets together with her white non-muslim um, boyfriend and that creates the effect that um, he helps like quote-unquote free her or liberate her from her situation and this is really revealed um, like her overbearing father is really revealed when he slaps Hala in the face after she returns home at late after having sex with her boyfriend. But once again, this can represent a personal story. Um, but this is the same story and this is like the same formula that's put in practically every movie where the Muslim woman is the lead role. So it makes the world see Muslim women in this light. It makes them seem like they're completely oppressed and not for who they are really. And it's just this consistent Western propaganda that's played over and over and over again. And it's just, it's super frustrating to see it like that. And um, just like every other person on the planet, some Muslim women, some Muslim people have struggles in their life. They have really big struggles and then some are living from really great lives. The point is that their stories are not all the same. There isn't one formula. It's not a one-size-fits-all situation, just like everyone else on the planet. And that's why, like, this misrepresentation is such a big issue. Um, there was uh, this remark that uh, Tahira made in her video, and I noticed this to be true when I watched Hala for a second time, and it just spoke to how... Um, like, there was definitely not, like, a single Muslim person, like, on the set because of, and, like, a basic proof was, like, Hala's hijab. So, the thing is, it was wrapped so tightly around her neck 
And I have never, like, now that I'm thinking about it, like, I've never seen any, like, Muslim women's, like, hijab, like, tied that way. It looked very uncomfortable the second time I was watching it. Like, it was just, like, wrapped around her neck. And no Muslim, no Muslim woman would have tied it that way because they know it would have been uncomfortable. But anyway, that's, that's just, like, some more basic proof about why this misrepresentation is an issue. Um, and you might be wondering, like, why I'm talking about this as an issue, because the thing is, um, for those of you who don't know me, uh, I am Christian, but um, I've, also, I've always considered myself, you know, a sister of faith um, to the Muslim community. Um, I consider many Muslim t people to be my closest friends. And the way that the world is portraying them in such a negative light is really frustrating because people, specifically the world, will never truly see Muslim people for the amazing people that they actually are with their own individual stories and struggles, like I mentioned before. So that's why I felt personally that it was so um, important to talk about this as an issue. So now I'm going to talk about the toxicity that the movie tried to expose. So first and most importantly, honor culture. So this is something that's really predominant um, in a lot of Desi cultures. Um, and it's the root of so many issues. So honor culture is when people care so much about how they'll be perceived by family members or other members of their family. Every action is feared. There's always fear that people will perceive it one way and turn it into something else. There's also just this like issue of people trying to create an image of a family that they're probably not to impress everyone and just stay that quote unquote good family. Um, I learned very quickly from you know during my time uh, vacationing in India with my family that uh, people drew very rash conclusions about um, you know the most basic things like um, you know the cost of things that you owned like they would draw conclusions from that um, the clothes that you wore uh, your relationships just how religious you were and like so many other things um, also, although in Canada, my parents were very liberal and supported us to be original and do our own thing, I found that when we were back in India, they were somewhat more uptight and nervous just of how they would be perceived by other people in their family, which is so unfortunate and it's super common actually. Um, I saw this in the movie where Hala's dad just keeps repeating that they'll find a good Muslim boy for Hala just to maintain like their family legacy. And uh, when Hala's mom comes in to tell her that she should be careful when she goes to the skateboard park because there's a lot of boys there and people can gossip about that. Like even if Hala wasn't like dating or anyone, a lot of people could like quote unquote like draw conclusions from that that she was and they would make nothing into something, you know? Um, but on a deeper level, honor culture accounts for Hala's dad's like controlling and abusive behavior. The reason why he decided to marry her mother, even though he didn't love her, 
was probably what led him to cheating, among other things, obviously. But it's the it's also the reason why he support he refused to um, better support his daughter. Understandably, um, you know, when he realized that uh, she was like dating um, like a non-Muslim guy, which is probably something you know, like considering it was something that he had never done himself. Um, it was sort of like new territory for him. He was in shock. Like, that's understandable. But the thing is, um, you know, putting forward, you know, understanding and love to forge a new path together uh, is what shows like good parenting. And it doesn't mean compromising your values or abandoning everything that you knew. It's just you know, either you can come out of it, like, as a stronger family, or you can just come out more hurt than before and hurting people that you genuinely cared about. So it's just love above all else. And another issue that the movie exposed was from, like, a toxic patriarchal system, and it's how men can do whatever they want without consequence but women have to maintain a perfect, perfect um, image. They have to, you know, keep up on everything. And if they do something differently or they make a mistake, that's met with like the harshest prosecution. But, um, you know, if a man does it, just as long as he doesn't get caught, he's, it's all right. Um, it's tolerated. And from... A member of the community, sorry, um, for example, when Hala's dad like cheated on her mom, her mom was expected to tolerate it without protest. But when Hala was with a boy, it was met with abuse, like she was slapped. Um, and now I want to talk about some toxicity that Hala's mother faced. This is something that I haven't really read in the articles, like there wasn't really that much of a focus on her mother, so I really want to bring some awareness to the struggles that she ended up facing. So um, just some like quick observations that I made about Hala's mother. So in the movie, you barely see her speaking any English. She's always talking to Hala in Hindi, I believe. I'm not 100% sure. I don't speak Hindi. So anyway, um, she appears to be constantly speaking to Hala in a foreign language when she needs to be speaking English she she's always asking Hala to translate so there's that and another observation I made was that she's like mostly confined to her home uh it I don't think she's working um so she was mostly like in she was mostly in her house during the movie and um another observation I made was that she doesn't think that Hala loves her or takes her seriously. That's why I feel like she was so quick to criticize Hala in the beginning of the movie. Um, this is a really big issue for immigrant women who move countries after they marry, you know, without any um, prior travel and they end up remaining as stay-at-home moms. I don't know um, the specific name of the condition, I only came across it um, a while ago, and it's this, but it's this like form of uh, depression that occurs because the it's really really hard for the woman 
or the man um, to adapt to the new country they're in. And because they don't, because they have that um, lack of uh, social connection with like other people who have really adapted to the culture, it's it causes them to uh, go into more of a hostile place in their mind and just become a lot more hostile towards um, the norms and the culture in general. Um, and it's really unfortunate that a lot more people aren't talking about this. This is a really, really big issue for um, so many immigrant women and it's a really big cause as to why um, immigrant women don't leave uh, their abusive husbands for example because they don't know just how they're going to end up going out into the country and living by their by themselves because they've just been so hostile towards it and they don't know how to deal with that they don't know how to um, create a new life just how to adapt in general so if there was more of a support, if there was more research put into that, it would have helped a lot, a lot of people. And I feel like um, Hala's mom was really experiencing this and you, she pro uh, projected it by, you know, being so quick to accuse Hala because, you know, she was hostile towards a culture. And I feel like she felt like the American culture was like really sucking in her daughter and it was putting like creating a distance between them and uh the thing is I've experienced this within my family and it's just so sad to see their pain and this like complete lack of support and awareness which just leaves them feeling completely isolated and just depressed from the world but I felt so empowered and proud when she finally stood up to her husband and fought for the life that she deserved. You know, um, I've seen for a long time this culture of women staying with their husbands after they've been um, abused or manipulated or cheated on over and over again because they've been fed this uh, narrative of staying this like so-called perfect family and it's what's best for the kids. Therefore, you know, staying is really just a sacrifice for the greater good. But the truth is, this narrative was created in order to control women and just let men continue their actions without a fault. So when she challenged that, when she said, I divorce you to her husband, even after he listed all the reasons why it could go wrong, I felt like it really saved a lot of people. It made people feel strong. It helped all those immigrant women who really related to Hala's mother's story of, you know, feeling isolated, alone, and just completely wary of the culture around them, and just, you know, being isolated in the life that they were living. So I feel like it really saved a lot of people, and I hope that is the case. Um, I really hope that um, this movie could at least bring more awareness to that form of depression and help people um, find new ways of support, treatment, just bring more awareness to that. Because to be honest, before this movie, I'd only ever heard of that, um, you know, like once in like an article, but I know, like I knew this was like a really big issue because I'd seen it within my own family. But, uh, you know, it was the first time I've ever really heard like a name being put on it, like an actual, oh yeah, this is like what's going on. And uh, this are some, these are some ways that you can treat it. Like I'd only ever read it once. And it's something I can definitely tell is not researched at all. 
and I wish it was. So anyway, that's the toxicity that uh, the movie Hala tried to expose. So I hope that you guys got something from that. So guys, that's a wrap for my second podcast episode. I'm so happy that I was able to talk about these issues, um, you know, do my part to uh, bring more awareness about these struggles that so many people face and mass media chooses to neglect and, you know, sweep it under the rug. It's really unfortunate and it really affects a lot of people and it requires more awareness and more attention. So um, I'm really hoping that you guys could help out with that. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. Once again, if you do feel ever ready to talk about your story um, regarding any of the content that I've put out, I would love to hear it. Um, I'm definitely here for you guys. So just leave me a DM. Um, I'll definitely get back to you guys on that. I can definitely tell you it's uh, liberating to tell your story if you feel ready and I wish you all the best of luck on that I will see you next Monday for the next podcast episode and once again follow us on not a sleeping beauty podcast on Instagram so that you can get some updates about our podcast episodes and you know when they're coming out and just general positivity I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast episode and I will see you next week